0: This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who've already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. Today's guest, Caroline Juster, is a personal trainer, online fitness coach, and fitness writer from Chicago. She is passionate about bringing strength training and no-nonsense nutrition to creative people so they can use the gym to build their strongest lives. Caroline has been training clients since 2014 and has written for the Personal Trainer Development Center and Livestrong.com. Caroline, thank you so much for joining me today and just being willing to jump on the show.
1: Thanks, Robert. Happy to be here.
0: Great. So... Obviously, we've been sharing with entrepreneurs um, how they get started on their entrepreneurial journey. So just let you share share your story. Sure. So I've
1: had kind of a weird career path. Um, I went to college to be a professional musician. Uh, I wanted to play a trombone in an orchestra. And if any listeners are familiar with the classical music world, it's very rigid There's a lot of traditions and there are very clear paths. I think maybe it's changed now, but we really didn't get much education in like business skills or entrepreneurship. It was all about prepare for auditions and win auditions. And when I was in college, I had a personal health transformation. I had been really overweight and I had a health scare. And after that, I lost a lot of weight, but more importantly, I got really interested in nutrition and fitness. So I was reading about it all the time and watching videos and experimenting. Along the way, my mom suggested that I get a personal training certification as like a part-time job while I was taking auditions. But what ultimately happened was that I decided to leave the music world and go into the the fitness world full-time. And that was really when my entrepreneurial journey started in earnest because even though I was working initially at a commercial gym, where I was an employee, even within that framework, there's a lot of entrepreneurship involved because you have to find your own clients. You have to run your own schedule. You have to learn about sales and marketing and all of the things that go into entrepreneurship. And at the time I knew none of that stuff at all. And I was super overwhelmed. I knew I loved training. I knew I was interested in that part of my work, but I wasn't really prepared for all of the other things that I would have to learn to have a successful business. So it was kind of a, a rough learning curve at first, and a lot of me thinking that I would never be able to do it. Uh, but ultimately, I did figure it out. I learned a lot. And um, more recently, well, very recently, I actually left my gym job, and I'm fully on my own, completely self-employed, running my own business. But even before that, I was doing a lot of Uh, work on the side, doing online coaching and things like that. So it's sort of been a transition from knowing absolutely nothing about entrepreneurship or business to now having my own business that's running. Uh, And when I think back about all that, it's it's been quite a journey, but a really rewarding one for sure.
0: Nice. So would you be willing to share some more about your, your health, your personal health journey?
1: Yeah. So I... Played a lot of sports as a kid. My parents made me, but I was really bad at all of them. I was the worst kid on any team. I always I was a huge nerd. I, I still am. So I felt really out of place, and I was I just could not wait to stop doing sports and then commit myself fully to music. And eventually, my parents let me. I I had gained a lot of weight because I also had some uh, unhealthy eating habits and things that I wasn't aware of at the time. So by the time I got to college, I was technically obese. And it was affecting my performance as a musician. I had trouble sitting in rehearsals for a long time because my back would hurt. I just had a lot of self-confidence issues that affected how I showed up on stage. Uh, I had no energy. I was chugging coffee all the time just to stay awake in my classes. And ultimately what happened was I went for a regular checkup and my doctor told me I was pre-diabetic and I was only 19. So that freaked me out a lot. And so that was the spark. Um, along with all those other negative things. It just kind of built and built. And I happened to have some connections. My mom had worked with a personal trainer and some people I know were posting uh, quality information on the internet, which I was lucky because there's not necessarily a lot of that in the fitness space. But I got steered in the right direction. And like I said, I just discovered that I was really interested in this stuff, especially in lifting weights Uh, And I just kind of kept going down a rabbit hole. And the more success that I had, the more I was interested in learning. And ultimately that helped me a lot in my new career. But I did lose about 70 pounds and I've had ups and downs since then. Um, Anyone who was at a really heavy weight knows that it's not necessarily like a easy before and after. You're sort of dealing with some of the lingering issues for a long time, but uh, overall, I'm in a much better place than I was. Then I've maintained a lot of my weight loss. Obviously I have this new career and just like a deep love for exercise and movement and cooking and all the stuff that was absent from my life before. So it's been very nice.
0: Nice. So what, what changed in your relationship to food?
1: So that's the hardest part of all of this. And this is something that I see a lot with my clients. People, use food to help soothe a lot of emotions we use food when we're lonely we use food when we're bored we even use food like if when we're happy and we want to celebrate it's not all negative and it's really easy to do that because food like we have to eat food is everywhere it's you know, relatively cheap compared to other things we might do to soothe ourselves. And it's culturally accepted. <laughs> so I was doing all of that. I was struggling with anxiety and, you know, feeling out of place, as I already mentioned in sports. But just in general, I I felt really insecure and food was comforting. And I used food and, you know, still sometimes struggle with this, but you use food to suit difficult emotions. But it works for a while until it doesn't work. And then the hard part is finding other ways to, you know, get that same sense of comfort or relief or uh, connection, all the things that we're going to, you can't just not meet those needs. You have to meet them in another way. So that, that's part of the ongoing journey with food for sure.
0: Absolutely. And what, and what allowed you to change to seeing food as fuel and, and looking at food differently than, than feeding your emotions?
1: Well, I think I just had to come to terms with reality. So the reality was that I was eating way too much. And the way that I was eating wasn't making me feel good. I mentioned before I struggled with energy. And a lot of that probably was from the way that I was eating. And so I had to, you know, the health scare was sort of a a line in the sand where I had to look honestly at the consequences of what I was doing. So that was the first part Uh, the second part I think was when I really was able to see some success, what I did initially was pretty simple. I, I counted calories and I learned to cook, uh, some basic things. And I just focused mostly on eating, you know, what we can think of as quote unquote, healthy foods. You can kind of get down a rabbit hole with that with people, but I saw success and then I, I saw, Oh my gosh, I actually do have the power to change because I had been overweight for so long. I'd felt trapped and when i saw evidence that i could change that was helpful i don't necessarily subscribe to food only as being fuel because as humans we use you know we use food as part of culture and tradition but the key is knowing like you know what's too much or what's not serving you anymore there's a big difference between indulging on your birthday or on thanksgiving uh, and indulging every single weekend or or all week long or constantly feeling bad about the way that you're eating. I think most people probably have a sense of when they're going into a territory that's no longer serving them. The hard part is just figuring out what to do about it after that.
0: Right. And so obviously you're you're working in the fitness realm and, and combining food education with with fitness. And so what what's driven you in, in fitness?
1: So like I mentioned before, I'd never fit in with team sports and sort of the idea I had about like what type of person is an athletic person? You know, think of like the stereotypical jock in high school, that wasn't me. And I was surprised as an adult to learn that there were actually lots of things in the wide world of exercise that were fun for me, that I was actually good at, that were enjoyable, that didn't make me feel bad about myself. And so I was maybe lucky that strength training was, was one of those things. It, it may not be that thing for everybody, even though I do believe it has benefits from every for everybody. But I think finding the thing that kind of clicks for you is really helpful. So um, that was a big piece of it. And then again, just seeing results, like seeing the changes in my body and the way that I felt because I used to be pretty weak, (laughs) Um, like objectively weak. Like I said, I I couldn't even sit in rehearsals for a long time with my instrument. And now there's not really many physical tasks that I feel limited by in my daily life. So that's a huge transformation. And that's, that's really empowering. And that's one of the things I love most about fitness. Even if you're not trying to lose weight, if you're getting in shape, uh, and you're moving your body in ways that feel good for you, that has such wide reaching implications in the rest of your life, I think.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned having to find your own clients and and build your own list and and do your own marketing. What what was most effective in, in building your audience?
1: So it was a little different in person in the gym than online. Uh, so I'll speak to online since that's probably most relevant to listeners. A big part of it was initially becoming confident in myself as a coach and just becoming good at what I do. It's really easy, I don't. I can't speak to other industries, but in fitness, it's so easy to see other coaches and think, wow, they're so much better than me, they know so much more than me. So just getting more experience and getting confident in myself was a big part of it. And then I have really committed to just creating content that is valuable, that gives people wins. Uh, I'm focusing more and more on trying to connect to like specific groups of people, a specific audience. One thing that I did struggle with coming from a a gym setting, when you work in a gym, you sort of have to train any client that they give you or that comes your way that you meet on the floor. It's a really wide range, which is really good initially to learn what type of client you like to work with, what you're good at. But online, that doesn't work like that. You know, you have to be a little more niche. So that's been something that I've been working on more recently is just how can I really speak to a particular person? How can I help them? How can I relate to them. And I've gotten a lot of consistent growth just through writing and posting on social media. I have an email list that I've been writing to for years and years. And that seems to be the biggest source of growth of new audience for me.
0: Nice. So what uh, what's helped you narrow your niche?
1: So it's been a really difficult process, I think, partially because of my background in the gym, partially my personality. I have some people pleasing tendencies, but I just realized that I like working with people who I can relate to a little bit more. I think of when I work with clients in the gym, I never give the client a program or an exercise that I haven't done myself in some capacity. I don't feel comfortable coaching it. So when I think about who I'm speaking to, or when I was thinking about it, I was like, I'm not in the music world anymore, but I'm connected to like hundreds of musicians of all different ages lots of people who like me were musicians but are not and maybe they are still like creative people they still have that kind of mindset they have some of the same experiences as me and again when I was in music school when I had my personal transformation it had such a big impact on my my abilities and my performance so I'm trying to speak more to those people not even exclusively musicians but people that are creative working creative jobs and their physical shape or their body all of that stuff is holding them back from reaching their full potential so again i just try to think more about like what do i relate to how can i connect Uh, and that's kind of the direction that i've been going
0: recently so how would how would you describe your ideal client
1: so probably i I work with people of all ages but probably someone in their 30s that's probably the average age of most of my clients uh they have tried to work out before again i i have worked with complete beginners but i think i connect best with someone who has some experience under their belt they have lifted weights they have done maybe some of these popular classes like orange theory or crossfit but they haven't seen a lot of success they're not really sure why um and they are getting frustrated. They feel like maybe they're spinning their wheels. They're at that point where maybe they think like, maybe this isn't worth my time or this isn't for me. And I feel like that's a great place to kind of take that step from a beginner trainee to more of an intermediate trainee who has more of a plan and the program guidance from a coach, someone who can help them filter out the things that don't work and the things that uh, help them, you know, actually move forward. And I'm definitely not the type of coach who's like, no excuses, you know, no pain, no gain. I really try to work with people because I understand that, especially when you are a creative person, you have a lot of things that you need to devote your time to. If you're a musician, you know, you need to make sure you're not getting hurt while working out because that can affect your, your literal income and your job. So I try to really integrate what I'm doing in the context of people's lives as well and take a more holistic approach.
0: Nice and and so figuring out the time that they have available and, and making something work um, yeah. to their schedule. Nice and how have you how have you built your schedule? I mean, in, in keeping your schedule so that it's functional.
1: So it's an ongoing process. I tend to like to take on a lot of projects or try to do a lot of things. Recently, so I only left my old job in the last few months. So I'm still basically doing the same thing, but now it's all on my terms, which is both exciting and you know, there's less structure. So I need to create that structure. But essentially I have a hybrid training model, which means I train some people in person at a gym. Uh, excuse me, it's a, like an independent gym. So clients just come to work with me. They don't have a membership. So it's a really easy situation there. And then the rest of my work is online. So I have online clients where I'm providing workout programs and nutrition coaching and whatever they need. Uh, And then I'm also doing freelance writing as well for some publications. So I tend to, I'm kind of a morning person. I tend to get up in the morning and train my in-person clients and do my own workout. And then I come home and do the rest of my work. Not always successful at being as productive as I could be. Again, um, maybe I need to narrow my focus a little bit, but I like to have kind of a strong start to my day and then let things sort of taper off as the day goes on.
0: Nice. Now you mentioned, obviously your workout in the morning, do you have any other morning routine things that are are just crucial to your day?
1: So I wish that the morning was like 16 hours long, (laughs) because (laughs) one thing I've struggled with is that I, there are a lot of things that I would like to do in the morning and at, at different times I have had different routines. So early on in the pandemic, in Chicago, gyms were closed for a long time. So I was not training clients in the morning. And what I did in the morning was I would get up and I would meditate and journal and read and sometimes go for a walk. And that was like the best start to my day. But that's not really an option when I train morning clients. Sometimes I'm starting at 530 a.m. So for me to get up before that and do all that stuff, is, you know, I do want to get some sleep. So I've still been thinking as I've made this transition, how can I Continue to do these other routines. Where else can I put them in my day that might fit? So, um, lots of things I like to do in the morning at the moment. It's basically wake up really early, make coffee, train my clients, work out. (laughs) So, uh, the rest of the stuff I'm still trying to see where it fits in in my new routine.
0: Nice. Now, you mentioned writing for publications. Now, are you writing specifically about fitness or?
1: Yeah, so I've written for um, a few different publications. At the moment, I'm writing for Livestrong.com and I'm doing different fitness-related articles. So, um, for example, I'm working on an article this week and it's how bad is it really if your knees go over your toes when you squat and lunge, which is a common myth that a lot of people think. So different topics like that gives me an opportunity to dig a little deeper in the research and speak with some other experts and uh, that's been rewarding as well. I do like to write. As I mentioned, I write a lot of my own content. So it's a fun challenge to do more uh, structured, like journalistic work as well.
0: Nice, well, and it creates another revenue for, if not a revenue stream, at least an audience, potential audience stream.
1: Yes, both, which is very, I'm very happy about.
0: (laughs) And You mentioned earlier, um, building your confidence. What other things helped you to build confidence?
1: So confidence is a tricky one for people like me. I was so insecure and like really like hated myself for a long time. And I think a lot of it is just doing the work anyway and trusting that things will get better. And then when you see those results, that brings confidence. So it's not quite fake it till you make it because for me, I was never able to pre- like pretend. It was more like do it anyway until you believe it. <laughs> um, because I t- had a tendency and, and still do to like over exaggerate things in my head. Think they're gonna be a lot worse than they are and overthink them. Um, and sometimes we just have to go through them to realize that they're not so bad and to see like, oh, we actually are a lot more skilled, a lot more competent than we think. So. For me, the the issue of confidence is always solved by some type of action and trust, <laughs> and then just seeing you know letting the chips fall where they may, and you almost always it works out better than you expect, and and that makes me feel more confident for sure.
0: Well, I like that. Definitely, taking action can can make a huge difference in moving forward. What uh, so? What do you do in your free time? Are you still um, Doing anything with music? So
1: music is a little complicated for me. I left the music world and I was really burnt out of it. Um, it's just a really it's a really challenging path. And honestly, major props to people who see it through. Because you have to be really, really devoted and really willing to make a lot of sacrifices. And I, I just wasn't anymore. And for a long time, I was not involved in classical music at all. Uh, I was into other types of music that had nothing to do with my education. But more recently, I realized that I want that stuff in my life. And so first I started listening to recordings again that I haven't listened to in years. And then I actually got out my trombone and started playing a little bit here and there. And and now I've started going back as I, as I'm able to, to like the Chicago Symphony and actual live events, things I used to do all the time. And it feels good. It feels good to do it on my own terms. Um, I do have other hobbies as well. I love to read, Um, not necessarily, like I read for business and training, but I also like to read fiction and history and things like that. So I read a lot. And a couple of things that are new in the last few years is I started like indoor rock climbing, which for me is like the perfect example of using fitness to do fun things (laughs) because I'm not that great at rock climbing, but because I'm strong and because I have good control over my body, um, and I have a decent level of cardio fitness. I can climb pretty well and I can have fun doing it. It doesn't feel like a workout. It feels like play. And then my boyfriend, uh, loves to fish and he's gotten me into fishing. So we've been doing a lot of fishing trips and, uh, I've been catching some new species and learning a lot. It's very humbling, but also very fun.
0: So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> so you mentioned, um, obviously getting a trainer in the beginning Um, what other aspects of your business have you been able to benefit from mentors?
1: Oh, mentorship is huge. Like I'm sort of at the point now where at least in different sides of my business in my life, I'll probably never not have a coach in something. Uh, I was, I had some help early on, but mostly I was sort of doing it by myself. Like I think a lot of beginners do. And then I actually read, um, I think it was sell or be sold by Grant Cardone. I read it a long time ago. And one of the things he said in the book that stuck with me is that if you have a product that you're selling, you should like believe in it enough to buy it yourself. And so I I looked at what I was doing and I was like, well, I don't have my own trainer. I was like, is that a bad thing? And so I hired my first coach. And at the time it was like a lot of money for me. Um, and it was kind of a scary investment, but the process was so positive and so rewarding. And like, I got, such better results. I mean, I know a lot. Obviously, this is my job, but it's another thing when someone else is helping you that's more experience. Um, so, so I've had various like coaches for my own fitness and nutrition, and then I also have invested a lot in my business as well um, in different mentorships. Um, I have a one-on-one business coach that I'm working with right now, and again, it just opens your eyes to things that you hadn't thought about, gets you out of your own head a little bit, which is something that I struggle with, as I mentioned earlier. And it's good to have that extra accountability for sure. (laughs) I'm pretty self-motivated, but it still adds another layer when, you know, you have to have a phone call with someone and actually talk to them about what's going on. So, um, yeah, definitely have invested in, in lots of different things in my life and I never regret it.
0: Nice. Yeah, the coaching example I always give is, you know, typically you and your business are inside the box, but the instructions are on the outside.
1: <laughs> I
0: like that. <laughs> yeah, you just need a, need somebody just to give you that outside view. So, so what, what inspires Caroline?
1: Well, I, despite not being in the music world anymore, I, I do think of myself. I had a period of not feeling this way, but, but now I have come back to it. I feel like an artistic person, so I love the arts. I love all, really all the arts, visual arts, writing, music. So I try as much as I can to go out and go to museums and go to concerts and see live music and connect with people that way. I love nature. I love love the outside. So it's a little – Chicago itself is lovely, but we're not really near <laughs> – I lived in California for a while, and I just Californians are so spoiled, and you in Denver, too, with like how much stuff is close by that you can do outside. So so that's a little challenging, but like I mentioned with getting into fishing and we've been able to take a lot of road trips to go places, I, I try to get out into more of like r- real nature, if you will, as much as I can. Those are two of my big inspirations for sure.
0: Nice. All right, so we're gonna put your boyfriend on the spot now. What was your favorite date?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. So, hmm. well, he came when I lived in California, he came to visit me a few times. And like, I think of the, he was there for like a whole week. And really the whole week was great because I got to go play tour guide and show him all my favorite restaurants. And um, we went to see some live music shows that were really fun. And um, I like sold him on California. I think, I don't know, he had been to Tahoe once. But other than that, he hadn't really been to California at that point. So um, we both, I mean, I loved living there, but I, I got him to, to fall in love with it. And I just think really following of that week for sure. It was a lot of fun.
0: So you sold him on California there, but... and moved to Chicago.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were, we were here before. So, uh, you know, family ties, things like that. Maybe we'll end up in California someday. We talk about it sometimes.
0: So is that the dream? <laughs>
1: Who knows? We, I, I do really love Chicago. I love living here. So um, I've been here in some capacity. I mean, I lived in the suburbs when I was in school, um, but I've been in the Chicagoland area for over a decade. So you could say I like it here too.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. So what is what is Caroline's big dream?
1: Well, I really wanted to be on my own and to. I learned that I, my boyfriend says I'm not a great employee and by that he means I don't like to be managed. I like to kind of do my own thing for better or for worse. So so honestly leaving my job and going on my own is like the first step in getting toward that dream. I think the next step is figuring out like what kind of life do I want really and um, how does my work fit in with that and I mean being on my own is, is great because I have the, the power to make those kinds of decisions. So The first step really was just being totally self-employed being like a real entrepreneur and i got there that's really exciting so the next step is figuring out you know what do i want to do with this freedom and the responsibility and and the power that i have now Uh, and that's a big question so you'll have to follow up with me to give you a better answer but just um i love knowing that i living this kind of life i have the potential to do a lot of different things that feels really good
0: Nice. And what was the biggest challenge of making that transition?
1: Well, that's a good question. There are a lot of like little things, like logistical things that are challenging and kind of annoying and still ongoing. But I think the biggest thing was just deciding to do it and believing that it was possible. Um, I don't know that I would have done it. I mean, the pandemic has been challenging, but in some ways it kind of opened the door for me to do this. I think even just a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have believed that I could do what I'm doing. So I think the biggest decision, the biggest challenge was just really like deciding that I was going to do it and believing that, you know, I would be able to make it work. Um, Everything else has been, like I said, you know, there's been a lot of things that needed to happen, but um, nothing that was super, super challenging by itself.
0: (laughs) Nice. So if you were sitting across the young from a young entrepreneur who's a step behind you, what would be Caroline's words of wisdom?
1: Well, probably a few things. Again, my journey into entrepreneurship was maybe different than some. I wasn't like, oh, I know this is what I want to do, and I just need to come up with ideas or things to sell. It was like, here's something that I'm passionate about. I'm going to kind of follow it where it goes. And ultimately, it led to entrepreneurship. So. I think maybe my message would be that it's really great to kind of explore your interests and trust that things will work out. And if you continue to invest in yourself and try to improve, things don't have to happen like right away. You may not have all the answers right away, or you may not have an instant success in what you're doing, but that doesn't mean that things won't work out. Um, I think the longer that I do this, just the more faith I have that like I can figure anything out, which I guess is part of the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So I think maybe don't rush, invest in yourself, follow your interests. Um, Those would be pieces of advice that I might give.
0: Nice. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for jumping on today and, and joining me in the conversation. It was great to learn about you and your business, and I appreciate your time.
1: Thanks, Robert. I enjoyed the conversation.
0: Well, if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe. We have a free gift for you at AddValue2Entrepreneurs.com. We've created a collection of the top tips that have been shared on our show for entrepreneurs. Do you struggle with procrastination, putting off the work until the last minute? Well, you are not alone. Many of our clients start there. We are launching a new five-day challenge to help you take more action and make more money in your business. Each day is a 10-minute video lesson and a worksheet. If you take 15 to 30 minutes to do the worksheet, it will change your life and business and exponentially increase the amount of work you get done each day. Right now, it is only $27. It contains five of our best tools for helping you move forward. It can be found at addvaluetolifecom action. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.